Before we begin, Tiara and I would like to acknowledge that we are currently on Gadigal and Doric and Gurungai land. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. As South Asians, we talk about our experiences here, but we can't talk about that without acknowledging that we also inherit a lot of privilege as settlers on this land. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. My name is Varsha and I am here with my wonderful co-host. <laughs> Hi guys, it's me Tiara. <laughs> Yay! I think this is the longest we've not recorded for end of 2023 was a shit show. I feel like for a lot of people it was just a bit of a shit show. Oh hey? uh, yeah, um, I can attest to that. Mine was great. That was, that was terrible. I'm kidding. It was awful. Yeah, I just feel like most people I know had an awful time at the end of 2023. I don't know. A lot of people had... I, I feel like, I feel as though when, because my shitty period was literally from my birthday onwards. And it just, I, I wasn't the only one that was having a bad December. I think something was in the air. I agree. Like, I had a lot of great moments. Yeah, I think mine started like September-ish, and then I was okay, and then had a really nice time in, in October for a bit, came back from a trip and got COVID and was just like, I have never been that sick in my life. You had a really bad case of COVID. Was it even COVID? Did I, you test positive? You did. You did. Yeah. And that was my second time having COVID. And I was like, this was, worse, you know, though. surely it'll be better. They, I have never, ever been this sick in my life. And I get, I used to get sick quite frequently, like lost my voice for probably like more than a week or so, just like could not get out of bed, could not do anything. Um, and then, yeah, since then have just been a bit of a wreck, but also some really, really lovely moments, um, which I'm very grateful for. And yeah, Tiara, you've had a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we're getting through, you're getting through it. In the words, I actually don't know who made this saying, but we ball. That's all, that's all I've been trying to tell myself. We ball. We ball. Um, this is really random, but a few months ago, Tiara was, like, speaking at this really lovely event, as she does, and she makes this comment that she's like, every, like, what, two to three months that life just chooses to rickroll No, every six something? to nine, and it was true, it had been the six to nine month period. I said, every six to nine month, life decides to rickroll me. And you know what? Yeah. I stayed with, I was right. I stayed within the time period. That was April. We got to December. It was in the time period. It was the six to nine month period I was talking about. The funny thing though was because I was there with a lot of your friends and we all just looked at each other and we were like, did she really just say that? Because it was kind of a more of a formal event as well. And we're like, did she just say that? And then when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then the Rick roll did his Rick rolling and now we're here. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, I would have said the same thing if I... Yeah, exactly. It's like I predicted it. It's like i just be knowing stuff, Vasha. It's so funny. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, like, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. i just be knowing. Yeah. Which was really funny. Oh, uh, funny is one word. Yeah, we ball. Anyway. We ball. 2023 was many things, don't you think? It was a lot of things. Yeah. But... I think you know what it taught. Not I think you know what it taught me. There are just some things we can't accept them anymore. There are just some things that I will not let slide. That no one should let slide. 
And that's what we're going to talk about today, at least in some some realm. We're going to talk about the things that we should leave behind in 2023, politics edition. Ins and outs of 2023, let's go. Woo! Or 2024, okay, I don't know, so, but yeah, you know what we mean. What? Okay, Basha, yeah. what is the first thing that we should leave in 2023? Um, shitty coverage of Palestine and what's actually happening. Yeah... Yeah, so I'm sure we all know what's happening. I just think the the incredible amount of bias and just, like, the funding and the fact that our government won't actually acknowledge what's really happening is, is a big thing that we need to acknowledge and not only acknowledge but also do something about it when there's a genocide happening. So, yeah, I know it's not something that we've talked about on this podcast, but I think it has has been something that we've briefly posted about on our instagram and it just is really important um Mm, the older you not the older i get but the more media you consume the more you realize that unscrupulous journalism is actually just very rife not even just in america also in sydney because who owns a, a a big chunk of our media good old murdoch his his name rhymes with goop at jerdoch and yep. he's not the the best person, uh, at least on the record. And and during war and conflict, when disinformation is pumped the most, the public needs to be informed in the most accurate way possible to avoid A, hate speech, B, misinformation, C, warmongering, and D, more hate towards those communities, whether they're minority communities or whichever. Um, and R, put in my view at least, this is my opinion, that the most essential type of journalism is accurate journalism. Mm. And the journalistic practice that's based on facts, which seeks to create solutions and give fact of what is really happening is very important because you can go to... The thing is, it's like, it's my issue is the Western press in particular has adopted a pro-Israeli stance, which is fair enough because where else do they get their money from, right? Mm. And that's, that's very... Very confronting of me to say, but it's true. If there are people who are pro-Israeli who just happen to be in positions of power that give you funding, you're not going to be pro-Palestine. Yeah, and I also just think, like, seeing journalists lose their jobs, seeing, you know, other actors and, like, other people in the arts industry losing their job over being pro-Palestine, and, like, just... It's, like, to me, it's not even about being, like pro this, pro that, it's just like, oh, there's a genocide, (laughs) like, there's colonialism happening, there's so many things happening that we all feel like we can say this is black and white on some level, right, like, we can say, like, oh, genocide is bad, colonialism is bad, so then when it comes to this issue, we're suddenly firing people for being like, oh, yeah, I don't like that a genocide's happening, and, you know, people are losing their, like, movie deals or whatever, like, all of those things, it just, it's a little bit shocking, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Thinking about what you said, and I was like, Jesus, that is actually a lot. Yeah, like, it's it's crazy that people are actually losing their jobs. But in a similar... In, within that vein, sort of speaking within that vein, is I don't think Palestine has ever been particularly at the forefront of main media, because it hasn't. This has been an issue for decades. Yeah. And it just hasn't been an issue. It's only been quite... Uh, prolific on socials 
which is where a lot of us get our news from because it's more reliable in a way, um, or it can be. But I think what really bothered me is this time around, throughout the conflict, Western press did not mention, and I say Western press, I'm talking about American and Australian and British media, where they actually didn't mention that hospital attacks in Gaza in particular have all been carried out by Israel, which killed hundreds... Actually, no, actually, we don't even know the count. We predict about 20-something thousand, but you're not accounting for the people that are probably dead in the rubble, that are stuck in the rubble, that are lost, that have been blown to pieces. Uh, A lot of those people have been killed by Israel, so I don't understand... uh, I don't understand how people still exist that say... A, Israel has a right to defend itself from what children majority of also Gaza's yeah you can't say that 18. like you can't say killing over 12,000 civilians is self-defense anymore like that's just crossed a line it wasn't self-defense to begin with in my opinion and then like when it's over 12,000 people and like very very few of those are like Hamas members it's just not self-defense I just, they're most of, if I'm actually going to go on a limb here and say that you killed, not you, sorry, Israel kills just people. Israel kills innocent people. Israel kills children. Israel kills horses. Israel kills people that are just trying to pray in church or in a mosque. There are some, like, there are some fundamental points, yes, that shouldn't be ignored. So let's talk about the historical uh, context of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The fact that violence does not occur unilaterally by itself and that the common or conflicting interests of the parties involved in this conflict are also people who operate or organisations and entities that operate outside of Israel and Palestine. If we think about America and how much money they give Israel, whether that be in literal money or arms um, or or guns, etc., I just think that there's a lot to this issue and I really, really, really wish that society was better and, you know, we didn't want to kick Kwaja out of the test matches for having an opinion and thinking that butchering Palestinians is bad. I would really have preferred that we didn't fire Latouf for having an alternate opinion and doing responsible journalism. And thank God she filed an unlawful termination claim over the ABC for her social media posts but in 2024 irresponsible journalism intentional irresponsible journalism i would just like to say it doesn't slide and another thing just adding to not just irresponsible journalism but just how information is perceived by the general public there's this really good sheikh named um that i listen to a lot his name is balal assad and he is from Melbourne, so he's Aussie. I've actually never, like, seen him in real life, but I listened to him quite a bit. Very, very, very good, very, very good shake. But he was talking about how um, Israel is is not going to... They're going to... They're not going to succeed. They've hurt a lot of people. They've done a lot of bad. I'm talking about the government itself and, and the IOF. But they've hurt a lot of people... They've done a lot of bad and it's not possible for them to go on because if it is a war that they're losing, it's the war on propaganda. 
there's too much going on. There's too much truth. There's so much, there's too much expose going on that, that they'll actually get, that they'll actually get anywhere, especially with their propaganda. Their propaganda is not, their propaganda machine is doing terribly. Yeah. You know, we've always had issues with journalism, a lot of media. This isn't anything new. It's not some hot take that we have. Um, I just think particularly when it comes to 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 things like this, it, you can really see how bad it is. And I think when you, mm. yeah, I just feel like it really is quite stark this time because it's like even the wording and everything that we use with killings that happen in Palestine versus Israel is just very, very different. It's like we'll say people for Palestine, but then when it comes to Israel, a lot of the... Like, I think there is a study done and showed that we'll use, like, more explicit words, like mother, grandmother, and things like that. And it's just those little linguistic things that really do have an impact in how coverage is perceived. Um, so I just think, yeah, bad journalism out of the way. And, like, the Murdoch media, honestly, if we could kick that out, would love it, but probably won't <laughs> in 2024. But, you know. Mm, I've, I've had enough, but also... It is the system, and you can't really knock the system. Mm. Okay, what are you leaving behind? What else? Pauline Hanson. Okay, yeah, I'm happy to leave her behind. She can go. <laughs> I am so... I I just... It's very... Repre- it's very... It speaks volumes about who she represents and that there is a, a, a very worrying percentage of the demographic, of the Australian demographic, that may actually align with her views. Mm. But, oh my goodness... How do we let this woman run around Parliament uncensored and say the most discriminatory things? Yeah, no, I agree. It's so weird. It's so strange. It's so, so strange. I'll never understand it. And of course, like I said, she speaks for a certain percentage of the population or people agree with her enough that she gets a seat in Parliament. Cool. I don't agree with it. But it's it's like the time I just I just want to know I would like to like um like hear her thoughts for a day. What do you think she thinks about? I I honestly don't know. I just like the the thing she said to Marine Faruqi this year have been awful about just very racist remarks and then also calling herself an indigenous person. I'm like, oh boy, I'm like this is just a joke at this point, you know. I, I just can't take it seriously. Um, yeah. Anyways. I can't take anything she says seriously. Also, at the time she walked into Parliament wearing a burqa to try and make a point about... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. First of all, I know she didn't go to Hijab House in Greenacre to get that burqa. So I just wonder how she got it. Like, did she order it off Amazon? Did she get someone to work for her to, like go to Granville and get her a book. I just want to know. Yeah. I just, I just want to know how she, like, why she thought that that was okay. Yeah. She thought she ate, but she didn't. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what about you, Varsha? Um, I'd like to leave behind Prince Harry and the entire monarchy. Like, I don't care if they've left the monarchy. I just never want to hear about your todger and frostbite and using your mother's cream on your todger again like what what happened there what's a todger his dick he's literally talking about using his mother's cream so this is harry this is a lovely harry and he's like 
I put the cream in my todger, which was like frostbitten, and you guys can go and listen to the whole thing. I'm sure you've heard it by now. But yeah, I just like don't want to ever hear that bit again. I don't want to hear it. Um, why don't I re- like? Do I live under a rock? I think I you I might. This. Like, I can't believe you don't remember this. When todger? Oh, ew, that's gross. Did anyway, you just look up todger? Oh my god. No, I just thought about what he was saying, yeah. and it's really disturbing. Yeah. Um, anyway, gross. I hate it. Yeah, so I'd like to leave behind the monarchy. Be Becoming a republic this year. Oh, would love that. Don't think we'll do it again. Another thing that we want, but probably won't happen. Um, I wonder why, though. Oh, just because a lot of Australia is actually very pro- monarchy which is kind of scary but wouldn't that be the older generation i don't think anyone under the age of 15 is like yay queen elizabeth like you know what i mean but i just feel like they also can't vote so it doesn't really matter okay oh yeah that's fair yeah that's fair that's the age-old argument yeah um yeah which sucks and yeah so go on king charles do your thing and do fuck all basically but yeah. <laughs> just exist just exist and have millions yep but yeah what's uh, the, another thing you're leaving behind um i was thinking about this after watching donkey <laughs> i yes, mean a bollywood always... movie yeah, I've always, I've always, 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 always been anti-Australian refugee policy. It's bloody terrible. It's probably one of the worst I've ever seen. Mm. It's so bad. And and the fact that successive governments sustain uh, alternate detention and don't do anything with temporary protection visas and, like... Of course, I'm saying this from a point of privilege where my family immigrated legally, uh, but they were fleeing civil war. But what people don't understand, and that percentage of the population that is like, "Eh, if you want to get into my country, just get, you know, come legally. First of all, I know you can't buy empathy, but you can learn to develop it. Secondly, it costs money. There is obviously a way to get into Australia, yes, but what about the language barrier? What about the people that don't have a wealth of resources, especially if they're fleeing from a dangerous situation? It's very ignorant to be like, ah, you don't come here legally, you face the system, you face... What accent is this? I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna... I can't do an Aussie accent. I think I already have an Aussie accent. Yeah, Queen. No, I just... I've had people say to me in high school, which... Keep in mind, in high school, no one really thought for themselves, especially in the school I went to. They were just regurgitating what their parents said. But I remember, recall having a debate with someone, this particular guy, about the Biloela family, uh, who were the Tamil family that um, had that whole illegal ordeal over the past couple of years. They're okay now, thank God. But uh, I remember having a discussion with him about that. And he was like, if you have a pro- if people have a problem with it, they should just come into this country legally. It's not our problem. And I was like, first of all, have a unique opinion besides your dad's. Secondly, um, piss off. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. I think a lot of people see the Stop the Boat campaign and they're like, you know what? If you're going to risk your life to get on a boat, then you should expect it. When, no, really... Oh, ooh, okay, okay. 
This is, this is, okay, tell me if I'm just being overly angry, Vasha. No, I'm sure you're not. Which, which, um, so when I get really, really, I will be really surprised if politicians, if Australian politicians especially, show up to Eid this year, try and celebrate Ramadan with us, show up to our mosques, show up to the Kemba night markets. Like, if you do, if they do, I will be very surprised. Solely because of how they've handled shit in Palestine. Like, you cannot... Even just... I just... Even when politicians do that thing where they go and visit a certain community, like, oh, when the Prime Minister will go to the Mandir and and say something in Hindi and be like, oh, I'm in touch with the cultural community to bolster their election campaign or their votes with 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 minority communities. A, I don't like how that game is played. It's really, really, really bad. Uh, it feels a bit off to me. Secondly, I do agree with the sentiment that a lot of people are feeling, especially those of Arab, Arab and Muslim backgrounds, that are really dissatisfied with politicians who, it's true, as a middle power, Australia facilitates and aids America in the genocide in Gaza. It's sad, but it's true. And none of our, not many of our politicians, especially the ones in power at least, have called for a ceasefire period. They're like, oh, yeah, we need a ceasefire and humanitarian pauses. But no one is ballsy enough to stand up to America, which is fair because of, look at AUKUS and the relationship that we have with them. But I don't like when, it just makes me really upset because if I'm no different from like, a Muslim girl in, in Gaza that was just unfortunate enough to be born under occupation and has lost a limb because of the IOF, right? So I understand. Of course, I don't feel it to the full extent, and I never will. The grief of these Palestinian and just Arabic communities in general, where they're upset with our politicians, because it's like, you don't care about the people. Like, I'm, like, like, it's probably the thing is, like, we're no different to the people at home. So why do you want to come to our religious celebrations and eat our food to act like they are in touch with the, you know what I, do you get what I'm trying to say it's yeah. hypocritical no I completely agree and I think that's with most things it's kind of like the whole harmony day thing right and then still having a really racist policy in general still having you know systemic racism in parliament in these places where they create things and are like oh we love harmony day I feel like this goes for every single piece of policy that the government does have or any initiative that they go and try to support it's like having I don't know any mental health sort of day and then being like oh but most GPs will not be bulk billed and all of that yes okay sorry like to sidetrack but that's actually I really hope this changes in 2024 but can we please leave behind paying for GP visits in 2023 because what they're so expensive. It's so expensive to go to the GP now. Anyways, I know that was a sidetrack for you, but yeah. Yeah. The Didn't they say that we would be paying $100 to go to the GP soon? I, I honestly don't know. Like, um, the one near me, they only do telehealth that's bulk build. So I only do telehealth that's telehealth now and like there's one at my university that's free so if you're at uni go to your uni gp because it's generally free and hopefully they're good um but yeah yeah apparently they're raising the standard consultation fees for australians this is from this is from 
sorry, to cite my source. This is from the Daily Telegraph, so take it what you will. Yeah. Apparently, Australians are set to be charged more than $100 for a standard non-bulk billed GP appointment. The fee of a standard GP consultation will rise to $102 in November after the Australian Medical Association AMA recommended doctors lift their prices to battle rising practice costs. Yeah, and, like, obviously we want everyone to get wages and things, so this really does fall on funding structures. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's a fuck ton of money, and when you have a cold or, like, yeah, I know that I've just been in situations where I probably needed to go to the doctor and, like, needed a face-to-face visit at my, like, closest one, and I just haven't done it because I don't want to pay for a GP visit for something that couldn't even, like, might not even be an issue, but I feel like it might, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just frustrating. Um, so I'd like to leave that behind. You know what? That's very fair. As someone that has paid thousands of dollars in doctor's appointment in the last two years, like, of my own money, because I've started paying for my own, like, appointments and everything, as someone that's paid thousands of dollars, there are just certain things that need to be less expensive. I'm yeah. just going to leave it at that. Especially when it comes to to whether it's surgery or, or medical stuff. Like, I've paid thousands of dollars out of pocket. It's not even funny. Uh, just in A, specialist appointments. B, actually, no. Yeah, just specialist appointments and actually having shit done in general. Like, that was medically needed. That wasn't for pleasure whatsoever. It's so expensive. And something you just don't, unless you're with Medibank um, or a certain provider, you just don't get money back. Mm. Yeah. Medicare, that that has... And a lot of doctors this year have actually stopped bulk billing. I actually stopped going to a certain doctor in my area because she stopped bulk billing. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's something that I really hope changes i don't know whether it will but we'll see in the budget that's coming up um, when is the budget gonna come i think it's in may if i'm not wrong jesus oh uh, my god it's 2024 i know crazy oh. i feel like uh, jan 2023 was yesterday <laughs> personally yes yeah. no maybe I i'm still living in 2023 it's no two days. oh i had to write the date for work today and i i was like writing 2023 and i was like hold on hold on it's not 23, mm-hmm. it just, it was, I feel like writing the date for the first time is always, like, the weirdest feeling, but yeah. Yeah, because you're, like, four, and it's like, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> is it actually? That's the thing about time, bro, it just keeps going. Yeah. God. I mean, that is what time is, but <gasps> damn. Anything else you're leaving behind? Oh, the UN. Yeah, valid. <laughs> the UN. I hate the UN. I don't think they're, I've always thought this. Even before Israel, Gaza, even before Sudan, whatever, I've always thought, especially in modern history, I've always thought that the UN was just useless. I remember learning about the UN and learning about what was it called before it was, oh, the League of Nations. That's what it was called. And just learning about everything that happened in that particular time period and thinking, What are you guys actually there for? (laughs) What are you guys actually there for if you're not going to do your job? If, okay, yes, you provide some sort of standard of international law, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, everyone should have rights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very obvious. It's good that it's been written down, it's been documented, 
But I guess the thing about international law is it's just a moral code, right? So they don't actually do anything. And what they have done um, still doesn't seem as substantial as it should be, right? Like with the, uh, the ICJ and whatever, but... I don't know. I just feel as if though, even with how they handle certain situations, like cutting off aid to to Yemen and not doing anything for Gaza, it's just it's it's very upsetting. Or well, oh, whenever there is when something goes to a vote, and because of America votes no, everyone's like, oh, so I guess this resolution doesn't mean anything. Like, should should America even be voting re-Israel stuff anyway because they have vested interests in Israel and give them money and, and arms and stuff and have a very clear relationship, like patron, patronage relationship with them? That seems like a conflict of interest, but what do I know? Just little things like that. I think the UN is useless. I personally do not see... Uh, like, yes, it's good to have a mechanism to promote peace, but when you're only a mechanism and you do stuff that are against peace promoting or you don't actively, like, yes, they have no binding power. But I just, it, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, hmm, I wonder what more can be done with it. And if there is, why isn't it being done? Yeah, I agree. I also just think, yeah, the... The countries that have a chokehold on the UN, I feel like it's always the dominant ones, and yeah, I think we know what happens with that. Mm. It, it does nothing, um, and I think we've seen this with like climate change. We've seen this with with so many wars and things that have happened, conflicts, like instances of genocide, of colonization, of all of that, and there doesn't seem to really be any action. Um, so yeah. I don't think it is great at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people do feel quite similarly. Like, yeah, call the UN said this and. And? What does that mean? <laughs> okay. Yeah. The biggest, the funniest meme, like that, you know that meme that's like, okay, and? Yeah. It, it genuinely <laughs> is that with the UN. So that's always a bit of fun. So yeah, I would like to leave uh, mechanisms that don't, that don't, favor or help people behind yes that's that's my thing what about you um politicians saying that they listen to people or in particular young people and then not actually listening to people it's a little bit of an issue that we have and I feel like that's quite widely spread across most issues especially when it comes to mental health and then also climate change besties here have been saying that they want to you know hit net zero by 2050 which is way too late anyway but then they're like let's open new mines like opening new mines and you know gas projects let's leave that in 2023 i feel like we all know that climate change is a thing oh and also also related to climate change for COP29, because apparently we need 29 of them to actually get nothing done, um, if we could get a president of COP, um, like the, the climate conference that happens every year, to not say that we don't need to divest from fossil fuels, I'd really love that as well. Um, so yeah, in case you missed it, the COP28 president, which was held in Dubai this year, basically he was like, oh yeah, I don't think we actually need to transition from fossil fuels. Um, there's no science to back it up. And I was like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think to me that just shows that COP really doesn't do anything. I feel like the activists there work so incredibly hard to, you know, to just 
put up a basic argument that climate change is happening, that we need climate justice, all of those things. Things that just are fundamentally, like, obvious to us now. For our survival. Yeah. And it, they just, yeah, just politicians and leaders and corporations. I think it was, like, the most amount of um, coal and, like, gas lobbyists that they never had at a cop. Um, that they had this year so yeah I think there's over over a thousand of them if I'm not wrong which is pretty terrifying so yeah I and I don't know whether this is distasteful to say but I feel like a certain (laughs) I feel like certain you know your cop 28s and your 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 meetups that all of these people go to to discuss prominent issues that could well kill us like climate change for example it's just a big meeting for them and they probably talk about everything other than the issue at hand and then they go out and party after like that is my theory but like i said i'm just having a go not a go i'm just joking around and being like eh. but it just feels like that yeah, and the thing is, like, climate change isn't this, like, futuristic, apop- ap- apocalyptic thing. It's killing people right now. Like, it has been killing people. It's not some new venture that's, you know, happening in ages. And I also do know people who went to COP28 and didn't even know what the fuck was happening there. And Same. I'm like, are you joking Same. that you actually got to go and you didn't even know what was happening? I was talking to someone that I know that went to COP28. Yeah. And they were like... Yeah, kind of just went. And I was like, what, <laughs> yeah, what did genuinely. they talk about? What did they talk about? And he, and they were like, eh. And she was like, eh. And I was like, what? Yeah, and they were like, oh, well, it's in Dubai, so it'll be good. And I was like, there, there's so many things wrong with that statement right there, but okay. Honestly, you know what? You get to Dubai however you get to Dubai. But also, if I were going to COP28, I would pay a bit more attention. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it really shocked me. Ugh. oh my god there are so many things i want to leave but what okay personally what do you want to what okay because we've talked about politics put politics aside for a second take the personal out of the politics okay actually yes i would like to get that to take that anyway people that think that uh politics isn't inherently linked to people's uh personal views or personal preferences i don't believe that that's real but besides the point vasha personally just based on how your 2023 has gone why and what what and why would you want to boot from 2020 um like keep in 2023 um okay so i think it's more just like intentions i have for 2024 and like lessons i've learned from 2023 it's like setting really good boundaries and just making sure that i'm like with people who you know, who uplift me and whom I uplift a little bit cheesy, but um, I'd like to leave behind, yeah, just, like, toxic boundaries and relationships in general, um, bad mental health. I would really love to leave that behind in 2023. It was just a shitty end to the year in many ways. Yeah, I feel like those things, honestly, I think it's more just, like, a lot of new things that I want to carry into 2024 rather than leaving things behind in 2023. Because I know that I really did give it my best shot last year. Like, I really tried. Um, But, yeah, life just doesn't always go that way. And a lot of good things did happen as well. It was just a bit of a murky one. What about you? Uh... Well, I want to leave behind 
shitty people, like bad people, preferably my ex. And what else? What else do I want to leave behind? Honestly, yeah. I think the thing is, if you kill my vibe, I just won't tolerate that anymore. Mm. Uh, not tolerating disrespect. Uh, I'm going to leave behind being a dumb, like being a dumb bitch, essentially. Um, I don't think you're a dumb bitch. I think I can be. I think uh, we all can be, though. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. And also, I think I'm, like, done. I want to be single this year. Yay! She's in her single era. Vasha was like, you have to be single for six months. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> I was like, like okay. I, I feel like with you, I'm a little bit more flexible just because, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, even if you did, th- if there was somebody really great that came along and you were like, oh, I really like them. I'd be like, oh, maybe. But, but yeah. I know, and I think it was I think it was you yesterday that was like because I was talking. I think it was either you or another person that I was talking to on the phone with. I think it was you that was like whoever this next person you even like remotely look at romantically, mm. he's gonna ha- need like a full FBI search. <laughs> before, Just like I think a anything. good vetting process is so important. Just yeah, with anyone. Is. Um, yeah. and obviously that doesn't always catch to things. I'm not saying like if you follow that, obviously think. Things go to shit because they go to shit sometimes and you can't do anything about it. But I think just as a precautionary measure, a good vetting process, <laughs> nothing quite like it. What's coming into 2024? Like the vetting process. Yeah. Of everyone, not just of a romantic, like not just of a partner, but just everyone in general. You yeah. know, like even your friends, uh, the people you have around you, the things you have in your life, your your morals, what you stand for, what you don't stand for. Question everything. Have a vetting process for everything. That's actually a very good point, Bashi. I mean, I'm not saying, like, be a complete skeptic of everything because I feel like that <laughs> also gets you nowhere. But yeah, I just like, think that... No yeah, I'm like, don't ever have trust in anyone ever again. No, oh, not no. that at all. Um, but I just think, yeah... I feel like it's it's tricky to figure things out. And I also, yeah, I feel like this year I realised that being in your 20s is hard. And that's probably the most, like, first worldy, like, dumb 20-year-old thing I can say. But being in your 20s is hard. And just accepting that and moving on. And realising it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, and everything is... It's funny because as I would say things. Like, mm. oh, this is hard. And then my relatives will be like, girl, wait till you're 30. Stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. It, gets, it only gets worse. It gets no, it better really and it gets worse. Yeah. Exactly. And you never know when it's going to get better or worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm currently in my worst period, as you can tell. You're doing well for it, though. I'm proud of oh, you. Oh, really? Thank you. I wonder why. Actually, I probably was able... I'm doing better because of, like, people like Vasha. That's the thing. It's, like, have a vetting process and be mindful of who is in your space. Because I, I've said, I said this to Vasha yesterday, I think. I know I keep saying that, but we just talk quite a bit um, yeah. non-podcast related. But when I was talking to you, I was like, Vasha, I would give you my, my kidney if you needed one. No, I know. And- I said I would too. And I wouldn't talk shit on <laughs> on your name on the internet afterwards. And I Yay. would address you by name. Yay! Hello, guys. If you made it 
to the end. Thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Not To Be Controversial. If you have any more episode suggestions, please send us a DM or leave a comment on one of our posts on our Instagram at N2BCPod, which we will be a bit more active on. And also like the episode and leave us a rating. And if you had an opinion on anything we said, We'd like to know if you're a Spotify listener, leave a comment down below on this episode because you can do that now and I had no idea. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.